The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. And uh, today we are joined by uh, Todd Glover, Executive Director of the Municipal Association. Todd, welcome. Thank you, Russell. And we also have with us Jake Broom, Chief Operating Officer of the Municipal Association. Thank you, Russell. Good to be here. So this is the first time the two of you have been on the podcast since we are in our new dedicated studio space that we turned this this office into a, a studio and you're all mic'd up, got the earphones on and everything. <laughs> it's nice. This is intense. I feel like I'm on Howard Stern. <laughs> well, hopefully this will not feel anything like Howard Stern. We are going to talk about the association's 2022 annual meeting. It's happening this July 14th through 17th in Charleston. The, the the first thing I want to talk about is there there is kind of a a theme to this annual meeting. I've got the program in front of me, which says right on the front, civility makes the difference. We're going to be talking a lot about civility and local government in multiple sessions for this annual meeting. So um, I believe... The keynote speaker, Matt Lehrman, spoke during Hometown Legislative Action Day. He is um, going to be doing that keynote. He's going to be doing one of the pre-conference sessions from conflict to conversation. So let's talk about uh, civility at the annual meeting. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, civility was one of the top three tenets of the the strategic plan that the uh MASC board passed just last year. It's mm-hmm. our first strategic plan that we've ever done. And so the top three tenets were economic development, workforce, and civility. Mm-hmm. And uh, really rolled out the civility theme at HLAD, as you mentioned, with Matt coming in. And, and we got a great response from uh, the sessions that he did. And so mm-hmm. we definitely want to bring those back. We know that. Uh, it's very difficult these days. People are angry. Um, they're not expressing it in the right way. Uh, we have elected officials mad at one another. We have elected officials mad at citizens. We have citizens mad at elected officials and citizens mad at each other. And it's really getting in the way of good government. Mm-hmm. And the way that people are behaving uh, during our council meetings and I'm not just saying these are citizens. I'm saying our our councils are not behaving in some instances. Um, and we've got to get back to that civil exchange of ideas. Uh, we may not agree with what everybody says, uh, but we need to hear people out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know at what point in our country we began to, to lose that. Um, but I think that's one of the things that made our country unique. Uh, as a democracy, we... We protect the rights and thoughts of people. Um, But, I mean, look no further. I mean, the biggest news uh, story of the year so far has been the slap heard around the world. And um, that that is a civility issue. I mean, that is at its core a civility issue. And um, so you will see a heavy dose of of that uh, at our annual meeting. Continuing that theme... We will have 
a session, Verbal Judo, it is called. And I talked to Alex Bromley, who will be the one speaking in that session, mm-hmm. to put information together for a preview in Uptown. And he has a law enforcement background, and, and he was telling me about how it, it kind of flows out of that, that de-escalation de-escalation in an interpersonal relationship and it's really yeah it was something that our police officers are trained to de-escalate a situation without having to use a weapon Mm -hmm. Um, but our risk management services have adapted that to be able to train our elected officials to utilize the same types of skills to take control of meetings to de-escalate uh, meetings when they say that emotions are getting high or that things mm-hmm. are starting to get out of hand. So I'm excited to actually see that, how how they've kind of adapted that training from from our police to just our everyday uh, use. On the civility theme, one of the others that jumps out at me um, our general counsel, Eric Scheidel, will be leading a session on social media pointers and pitfalls for elected officials. That is, uh, as social media has become very prevalent in public forums, that um, it's one of the places where flashpoints can occur between mayors, council members, and the public. So I, I think that should be an interesting one as well. Yeah, I think a lot of, uh, of our, our elected officials and appointed officials use social media uh, to efficiently communicate with their constituents. But what they have come to learn over time is that people will say things and uh, spread things online that they might not do necessarily in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to encourage elected officials to use social media, but it needs to be used as a, as a means of communication and not as a weapon. And so <laughs> we're hopeful that this training will... Or, not dissuade people from being active online, but to uh, encourage them to use those things efficiently and effectively without slowing the progress of their community. If we start going through the everything that's going to happen at the annual meeting, we've, we've talked about Matt Lehrman leading one of the pre-conference workshops. Uh, there are others. There is the civic storytelling session, Phil Ike. Storyville Social, that one. I, I saw his um, his work with the Main Street South Carolina communities where they were engaging with their business owners and telling stories about their business owners in their downtown districts through social media. That one should be very cool based on what I've seen from him before. Um, one that's very appropriate to Charleston, Sustainable Design Practices, um, this that one's going to bring in uh, city of Charleston and town of James Island for various sustainable um, engineering work happening in those communities. Yeah, interesting uh, topics for the the uh, our pre sessions there. I mean, they cover a wide range of topics. I mean, from civility to as you mentioned, design and storytelling, and you know it's. A lot of places neglect to tell their own story. They they don't sing their own praises. They think it's um, where I'm from in the country. We'd say it's a sorry frog that won't croak in his own pond, and uh, 
you know, it's you've you've got to um, tell the good stuff that's going on because I think as a society now we tend to go to the negative more, um, and a lot of times that social media plays a part in that. Oh yes, and um, but I think the the storytelling is an important piece because we find out. I know you've worked with our Uptown Publication, so you see a lot of the stories that are really neat about things that are going on in our different cities but a lot of times they don't tell that story we end up telling it for them Mm -hmm. and so i think this training to equip them to do that uh, themselves will be really helpful very good and going back to the social media training uh, especially for downtown businesses and the theme of people saying things online that they wouldn't say in person. Oh, gosh. If you're not proactive about telling the story of your downtown business community and, and celebrating those successes, somebody else is going to be telling a different story online. Uh, so I think that's an important thing to remember with that session is you know, it can give you the tools to uh, kind of create your own destiny with regards to your downtown. Yeah, I've heard it said somebody will tell the story, so it that's might as right. well be you. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gets us through the pre-conference sessions. The um, other general sessions that we haven't talked about, you know, there's um, there's going to be a session on the 2022 midterms. Um, Antoine Seawright will be speaking at that one. He also spoke at um, Hometown Legislative Action Day and also a wrap-up of the um, the 2022 legislative session. Anything you guys would like to say about those? Yeah, that was, we got a lot of positive feedback from the session that we had at our uh, HLAD. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that one's, we could say, backed by popular demand. Um, <laughs> so I think uh, people would be really, uh, they present the information in an entertaining way, um, but it's it's very useful information. You know, a lot of times our advocacy staff presents what's what's going on, but they take also a look at some of the national level and the impact of national politics on our state as well. I think they also do a good job of modeling civility uh, because you have a a Republican strategist, a a Democrat strategist, and they get along well and they they find common ground when they can. uh, And they they disagree without being disagreeable. So hopefully our folks can see that and take it back to their hometown. So that leads us to the the other concurrent sessions the first one on that list that jumps out to me dei diversity equity and inclusion and we will have in in that session the new dei director for the city of myrtle beach kevin waits i interviewed him for an uptown story too incredible guy who has a lot of of really interesting background for that he he comes from law enforcement as well I, I think, Jake, that that's one of the ones you were kind of shepherding the session through. Yes, Kevin is an interesting guy. Uh, I think he'll do a great job and be an interesting speaker. Uh, and he works for Myrtle Beach. The city of Myrtle Beach uh, is trying to be as proactive as they can with regards to making sure that their workforce and their city staff and their organization uh, represents their community. Um, so they're proactively seeking out a, a diverse group of candidates for jobs when they're recruiting uh, they're trying to to hold more events within their offices that promote inclusion, and it's a fairly new concept. Uh, but I think it's it's admirable that they're trying to go out of their way to be proactive, 
So hopefully Kevin can some, can share some of his plans and some of his success stories, and that can be used as a model for other cities and towns. And, and Jake is also a participant this year. He's representing uh, the Municipal Association and the Riley uh, Diversity Institute. Is that the, mm-hmm. the name? And so he's bringing back some of those ideas he's picked up there. Obviously, this uh, this forum um, was something that he's been concentrating on. Um, I think you were actually introduced to Kevin through this program at Riley. Um, yes, one of my classmates knew him and, and mentioned that he would be a good speaker for the annual meeting. So hopefully through Jake's participation in that, we'll be able to uh, include those more, bring different sessions, speakers, uh, because that diversity issue also plays into workforce and workforce is, you know, one of the top three tenets of our strategic plan. And so an important piece of that, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to expand those offerings in the future as well. One of the concurrent sessions, policing and the reform movement. That is one I don't yet know as much about. Uh, Can either of you talk about that one we were anticipating uh as you know russell we we put these agendas together for annual meeting months in advance and uh with the session just ending um, house bill 3050 which is police reform in south carolina did pass but right up in the final days of the session very end of the session so we were anticipating uh that passage when Mm -hmm. we put that onto the agenda and so a lot of that will have that uh, the emphasis of the of the new legislation and its impact on on our towns and cities in South Carolina, in regards to adjusting to and and coming into um, compliance with uh, thirty fifty. Police reform will also be one of the sessions is. Of the three sessions, each geared towards a different population category. And Todd, I know that was one one of the things you wanted to talk about or was that concurrent session broken out into three different population groups. Yeah, I'm excited about this. We've talked about, uh, at least in my two and a half years here, and, and I know we. this is the third opportunity for an annual meeting, but my only our second one because we had one virtually uh, yes. in the year during COVID. Yes, and which, by the way, I'm excited to be. <laughs> it seems like knock on wood that this may be our first uh, one since I've been here. That's a full normal uh, uh, annual meeting. So I'm excited about that. But we've talked about how do we try to tailor sessions to the needs of our cities and towns we want them to get value for when they attend and certainly we know that there's issues that are um, common to all cities and towns Mm -hmm. but we also know that there's issues that are unique to cities and towns based upon size Uh, so we've got three sessions broken out by population size now they're not going to turn you away at the door if if you want to attend a session for a large city and you're a city of 500 people. Um, but we've tried to tailor those uh, to the issues we think are more unique to, to the size of the city. So, for instance, our large uh, cities will be a presentation by the city of Columbia. They have uh, a police unit in their police department that is tailored just for special events. 
um, large events, and they've had some success in, in how they police um, you know, festivals and mm-hmm. street fairs and things of that nature. So they'll be talking about those. And- it was in the news just today, the day of this recording, that they were posting um, improved incident report numbers out of the Five Points District in Columbia. And I think this was as a result of, mm-hmm. of some of the the issues that were brought to the mayor and city council uh, for those. Um, our small small groups were talking about, our small cities and towns, talking about how to run effective meetings, but also some of the police reform. Uh, we know that uh, our smaller departments, uh, well, all police departments in our state are struggling to find uh, personnel, police officers. But when you're a small town and you only have five and you lose one or two, it certainly becomes a much larger issue than if you're a city that has 100 police officers. I think we have, um, for that one, Chief Tony Taylor of Williamston. Williamston. Who is a wonderful... Entertaining guy. (laughs) Oh, gosh, he is a wonderful speaker, yes. We, he was on a panel uh, last year at our annual meeting mm-hmm. and, again, got very favorable uh, comments from our uh, surveys at the end. A funny guy and has a, a great way of storytelling and, and giving real-world examples of, of what he's talking about. Um, but, again, how do, how do small towns deal with police reform? Mm-hmm. Um, there's could be additional cost. How do you find um, these police officers if you're not paying quite what the other areas around you are paying? And so uh, that'll be a, a, an int- very interesting session. I think one that uh, our smaller cities and towns would benefit greatly from. And then the the one for our middle-sized cities. Um, 5,000 to 20,000. Is uh, economic development. And I think Jake and I are actually co-hosting that one. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, Is that true? Uh, there's there's, there's well, plenty of time to yeah, get ready. Breaking news. Yeah. This, yeah we, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to uh, have to keep things interesting for you. So, but, um, well, again, uh, you're seeing those themes that are throughout our strategic plan and economic development is is was our number one issue. And uh, Jake has been heading up an initiative for us, uh, the retail recruitment training. Uh, so I know some of that will be discussed uh, so that we can introduce our mid-sized towns. That seems to be the bigger group that's participated. I know we're in our second group now. Y'all are actually leaving to go to the ICSE conference just uh, coming Sunday. Sunday, so. yes. Yeah. And so this is the second class that will be finishing up, the majority of whom have been cities in that five to 20,000 population size. We've had some larger, Mm -hmm. uh, we had some much smaller, uh, but the majority of them have been within that that, uh, area. So we want to talk to them not only about the retail recruitment training, but what are other areas of economic development that we might could perhaps support them in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right, Jake? Apparently, yes. Um, so, so this is one that I am, I'm somewhat proud of. 
five questions to ask your business licensing officials. This is a session that um, the manager for local revenue services, Caitlin Cawthorn, will be leading. And it's it's kind of like the things to be thinking about um, Act 176, the, the South Carolina Business License Tax Standardization Act, always a mouthful, um, is it's in full com- it. It is in full effect this year, and uh, you need to make sure you are complying with all of its tenets if you are a city or town with a business license. And the reason I'm proud of it is we didn't, we were putting together a preview article for Uptown, and I helped Caitlin refine the list of questions. So I, uh, the five questions to ask. So I contributed to that one. I'm, um, Another item for Eric Scheidel, conflicts of interest and recusals. He's calling this one, do you really need to leave the room? We get a lot of those questions. Well, I say we, our field service managers get a lot of those questions um, in regards to when, when as an elected official, do I need to recuse myself? Um, Some, in some cases, uh, the law does specify that they need to leave the room. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, a great session there, and I think we actually have um, our our typical ethics. We usually have at least one session on ethics on 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 the agenda, um, and I know that we have a uh, at least a couple this time, and I know that uh, the recusals is is one as well. The um the election commission is coming in for the South Carolina election commission's role in municipal elections. And um, so I th- that takes us through the concurrent sessions, but I know you guys had some other things you wanted to talk about. Yeah, we um, trying to keep things different, new, spice things up a little bit. Um, as, as spicy as you can get a municipal conference um, <laughs> and stay out of the newspaper. But um, we have a first-timers lunch, mm-hmm. uh, to, just trying to help people who are attending our conference for the first time, maybe meet some new people, network a little bit, find out what services the association has for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But also what can they, how can they maximize the conference? What, what are the sessions they perhaps might need to go to any questions that they need to ask? But again, you know, it's sometimes when you're new, sitting next to someone from another city and you, and you bond and make that, that connection, uh, we think is very helpful. And we haven't covered my favorite uh, area on the agenda and that is eight o'clock to 10 o'clock Saturday night, <laughs> July 16th, coffee, cake, and cocktails, the ever popular coffee, cake, and cocktails where you can go out and eat with your council, with your mayor and administrator, whoever is there with your city and town, then come back, enjoy some coffee, cake, maybe a cocktail, meet some people, uh, hear some good music, uh, mingle with association staff. We we encourage that social time as kind of a good capstone to the conference. Uh, it's not learning, but it is uh, valuable in my opinion. Yeah, Jake, we had the last year was our first time with with the coffee cake and cocktails, mm-hmm. and uh, Jake may have 
enjoyed that more than anyone else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> every time I turn around, he had a different uh, dessert concoction. Um, although I, I requested flaming donuts. I did not get the flaming donuts. I, I don't know that I'm getting them this year. They either, had donuts, either. but the hotel did not like the flaming part. So we just had just more normal old boring donuts. Yeah. You got to have donuts and butter and flames and, and ice cream. <laughs> And, uh, you know, if you're going to go, go big or go home. Right. So it's, uh, uh, but that's always a great event. And, uh, we have, a an artist coming in this year for our opening reception. I know, I know you're very excited. About I'm this very one. excited about this. It doesn't take a lot to get me excited, <laughs> but, um, I guess if I can't have flaming donuts, I can have an artist at our, at our event, but, uh, He's going to be drawing the event as it happens, mm-hmm. uh, but he's going to be doing it on an iPad, and so it'll be up on a screen. And so while you're there participating in the conf- in the uh, reception, you can actually watch as he builds that drawing and painting uh, digitally. And then afterwards, we, we get the copy of it. And uh, so we're still debating what we might do with, with that. Do we make it a door prize or something like that or a printout for everybody or maybe postcards so they could send back home. But, uh, so I'm excited about that. It's just something, something different and unique. Mm-hmm. Certainly we're in Charleston. Uh, he's going to try to incorporate some of the, the sites of Charleston into, into the drawing as well. Jake, when you were, you were saying your, your favorite thing, I thought we were going to hear about the, um, highlights of the city connect market that are going to be happening. That's well. That's brand new. I haven't experienced that yet. But yes, we'll all get to experience that for the first time together. Uh, there will be several uh, sessions similar to VC3's tech talks that they've held in the past, which are also happening this year. Yes, um, HGAC by which is the Houston Galveston Area Council. Uh, they are our partner in City Connect Market, and they'll have their own space uh, at the Charleston Place Hotel, and they'll have uh, a series of short events where they highlight a different contract. Uh, each each session, whether it be fire trucks, ambulances, uh, public works equipment, uh, body cameras, flaming donut station. But, yeah, <laughs> I would encourage that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Will there be flaming donuts? You have to show up, and you'll find out. Uh, but they'll they'll highlight a contract each session, and they will have a, a vendor in each session um, virtually to answer any questions that you may have about the products. Um, or the the program in general, but we're excited to feature that uh, to teach people about it and to to kind of involve HGAC our partners in our annual meeting uh, to a greater extent than we were able to last year. So please check those out. You know, purchasing a fire engine is a truly extraordinary adventure, yes. isn't it? Yes. And now because of supply chain issues, it's a you know fourteen to eighteen month adventure. So I would encourage you if you need a fire truck in the next two or three years, get with us now and we can help you out. Nothing as expensive as buying fire trucks and playground equipment. Yes. Probably the two most expensive items as a city. See, I, I knew about fire trucks. I did not know playground equipment had. Playground had equipment is a, a, a good size playground in a city is very expensive. And um, I think HGAC by actually has uh, some contracts on there for yes. for playground equipment. But uh, we actually had our board retreat this past weekend, and we're in Rock Hill, and and went around and saw a couple of really nice uh, playgrounds they had in the city that easily uh, exceeded a million dollars. And 
and that's when you think a million dollars worth of play equipment, believe me, it's not as much as you think it is. <laughs> well, they're so incredibly safe now. Like the right. today's playgrounds versus the ones I played on, like I don't I'm not sure how we survived without all the safety features <laughs> they have now. Well, they don't get, you know, 300 degrees in the summertime as with the slides like we had. Yes, metal and, slides, and, uh, <laughs> yep. You know, we had the, the merry-go-round, so oh, it could, yeah. you know, create enough centrifugal force to throw you out <laughs> in the fence. and <laughs> Seesaws, you can get splinters in That's places right, you don't yeah. want splinters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, in a lot of ways that... Uh, They've taken the fun out of playgrounds, but <laughs> no, they're they're safe, and certainly with the uh, the the new surfaces that, mm-hmm. that they have, and a lot of regulations uh, regarding playgrounds that, that of course like to that weren't around when yes. when we were kids, and um, but uh, yeah, two two definitely the most expensive ventures is car trucks and playgrounds. So right as we got started with the podcast, um, for social media purposes, I wanted a, a photo of you guys in the studio space. And so our communications manager, Meredith Halk, was standing right over my shoulder and taking the photos. And she said, be absolutely certain to promote the app. So Meredith, if you're listening, and I know that you are, <laughs> we are now going to talk about the Municipal Association of South Carolina's app in the past we have had dedicated event apps for hometown legislative action day for the um annual meeting just to have the agenda and um speakers and exhibitors all in one place but what we have now is not a one-time app for an event it is a app for the municipal association uh, that has everything. It has search features for the website. You can listen to this podcast through the app. You can find the extremely popular municipal job postings. And it does have the events. I, um, I've i actually spent the last couple of days loading in the <laughs> annual meeting stuff into the app. So I know it's there. I put it there. Um you can find it through the you can find Municipal Association of South Carolina. You can find it through the um, Apple Store. You can find it through Google Play. You can search for it on our website. And um, yeah, we we are pretty excited about about the app. I'm very excited about it. I'll give you a, a small tidbit here. In October of 2019, when I interviewed for this job an app that could be used year round was part of my pitch, uh, to the board. And I'm really excited about this. I hope that people will use it, um, modeled it somewhat after the South Carolina legislature's app. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very helpful. You know, we've got ways to push out notifications to people. We won't be doing that a lot to, to clog up people's phones or, or bother them. But, um, you know, to your point, it's you used to only use it when we were at our conference, and now you can use it all year. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, in some ways, it reflects our our website, um, but it's on your phone. It's handy, um, and we're really excited about how much people would be able to utilize this, um, not just during the the conference, but we also need to point out if you have the old one on your phone, I had this happen. You need to delete it because yes. it, uh, it 
It doesn't work correctly. <laughs> yeah, the, the, old the, one, right? the old one is is kaput, and, yeah. <laughs> and you need the new one. Part of part of your pitch in 2019 was also the purchasing program, wasn't it? It was. Oh, promises made, promises kept, <laughs> <laughs> and the retail recruitment training. Uh, so those are things that we felt like were a little delayed um, because of COVID. But the purchasing program actually is a little different than Jake and I even envisioned it when we sat down to talk about it. You know, initially we talked about creating our own from mm-hmm. scratch and, and actually um, when our new advocacy staff was hired, we actually worked into their job descriptions that in when the legislature was not in session that they would help Jake with the purchasing program and the contracts. and. We found HGAC buy mm-hmm. and the you know why reinvent the wheel and uh, that's been a, a great a great partnership with those folks and we've had what was it over what was the amount purchased through that program last year I think it was like six million six point eight million something like that mainly fire trucks but that was not the full year that was just uh, I believe from July through mm-hmm. December and then I think just a month or two ago it was already couple million for the year this year Mm -hmm. Uh, so our cities are using it Mm -hmm. and and so that's as long as they get value out of it we're we're glad to offer it now we just got to get those flaming donuts there's one promise remaining (laughs) (laughs) the flaming donuts at the annual meeting meredith had one other request and it was to go through the dates leading up to the annual meeting so we begin with the process for um the registration appointments and, you know, the cities um, put in their person who is their contact. The drawing for municipal registration appointments happens on May 24th, happens very soon. And then the online registration appointments for the municipalities happens June 8th. I said June 8th because it's my birthday. No, June 7th, (laughs) 8th, and 9th. So the day before my birthday through the day after my birthday, um, then the online registration for non-municipal registrants opens on June 10th. The deadline to reserve a hotel room um, through our way of doing it is June 13th. And the registration deadline for the annual meeting is the is July 1st. And then, of course, the meeting itself, July 14th to July 17th. In beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. Yes. That's uh host hotel charleston place and uh looking forward to to getting back there ironically that was going to be my first annual meeting that we end up canceling that was supposed to have been in charleston the one in 2020 yeah, yeah. more information on our website scott slatton isn't here so i'll say it www.masc.sc search for the keyword annual meeting Todd, Jake, any final thoughts? Uh, we're just looking forward to seeing you in July. It'll be nice and hot, but all the good stuff happens inside anyway, so you'll be <laughs> fine. And we're excited to get back to more of a full annual meeting experience. Absolutely. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook. 
Twitter, and Instagram.